Welcome to SASCast, the official podcast for Future of SAS. My name's Alex Morris and I'm the copywriter for the community. Today I'm speaking with Rodrigo Stocky, the growth manager for success at Pipedrive. He's here to discuss using product-led growth to achieve the three E's, engagement, escalations, and expansions. So thank you for joining us today, Rodrigo. Hi, Alex. Hope you are doing well. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, hope you all are doing well as well. Thanks for the invitation. It's a pleasure to uh, have this session with you and record this podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. Brilliant. Okay. I think uh, to begin with, it'd be really great to get a little introduction from yourself, Rodrigo. If you'd just like to explain uh, the pipe drive product, its core features, your mission, and your role within the business. All right. Deal. So uh, Pipedrive is the first CRM platform, uh, and we used to say we were made by sales for salespeople by salespeople. Uh, so because since the beginning, uh, when our founders like created the products, etc., so we were focused on the uh, how we can help our uh, the sales. So basically, we were not building a product. We are building. We were building a way to sell better, faster, and smarter. So this is the idea since the beginning. Right now, we have like nine eighty five thousand customers like around the globe, uh, split it in more than one hundred seven countries. Uh, we have raised uh, more than nineteen million dollars in funding, and right now, uh, one of our biggest assets, I would say, Alex, is that we have like more than six hundred employees around the globe but represented by 48 nationalities. So I think this is one also of our secret sauce. So uh, how can I say? Innovation came with disagreements. <laughs> so when you have like different like behaviors, experience, culture, etc. So, I mean, this is one of our secret sauce for sure. Uh, and also uh, talking about my mission here at Pipetrap. So, uh, Basically, I would say like it's to help our customers to stick with the products on that specific plan they are using. Because here at Pipetrive, we have we have four plans: essential, advanced, professional, and enterprise. So uh, the idea came when my my actually my boss right now. So uh, eight months ago, he came to me and Rodrigo. Uh, I need to solve this problem, and he gave me a picture. So, uh, and this is why we have, be, uh, we have built the three E strategy. So what the three E strategy means, so I, we are going to talk more about this, but it is escalations, engagement, and expansions. So we, we, we were seeing like lots of opportunities that we were missing somehow and how we can make it happen. And on that time, I was, I have been studying like product led for one year and a half so far. So I joined like lots of, uh, uh, how can I say, like events. I was uh, studying and reading some articles, etc. So I, I became a passionate about product led. So I thought about, okay, maybe to solve this issue that he was looking to solve, maybe we can do a mix. So maybe a mix of product-led and also uh, uh, marketing slash sales-led. So how we can put all of these efforts to work together, but mainly in a product-led uh, uh, mindset. And uh, to talk a little bit about myself and also to, to introduce a bit myself as well to the audience. So 
I started to work here in Pipedrive as a business development for Latin America. Uh, and roughly seven months ago, I got a promotion to start this new area and a new team inside customer success called the growth team. Uh, and when you think about growth, uh, probably sometimes most of the audience or most of the people who uh, are studying growth, marketing growth, uh, product-led growth, etc. So they think about acquisition. But in this case, I brought a mix, as I mentioned, uh, to, the, to this new challenge. So which is a combination about growth and product-led growth and product-led. So how can we build like a strong combination with this methodology and also what we were seeing that we want to solve? So this is uh, how we started the growth team inside customer success. I am also an angel investor. So I have three startups that I am investor. And I also work, uh, I am part of a syndicate in the US uh, called Sasholic. So we used to invest in Latin American startups who are looking to uh, make your platform uh, global platforms. So I am so happy and also this is why I, I became so passionate about product-led subject. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Rodrigo. And I think now we can uh, launch straight into your topic, really. Uh, so starting off with the three E's strategy then, uh, which is, in case anyone unclear on that is, that is engagement, escalations, and expansions. Uh, so could you explain yeah. this strategy for our listeners uh, with an explanation of the three steps? Yes, of course. So the first one is engagement, because I truly believe that product-led not just helping acquisition uh, without a sales touch, uh, but also helps uh, into, into a better engagement with the product. So help your customers to stick with the products. So I thought about like the first the first E in this case is engagement. So uh, to to deliver a better a better engagement, we are talking about onboarding and also building a better profiling from our customers. So to build better communication flow, focusing on lifetime value. So basically, it's, for example, Alex became a new paying customer uh, and he started to use Pipedrive. So Alex, how can we help you? Uh, what are you trying to solve with our products? So before, we used to map this on the sales touch, in the sales touch. But now, probably, for example, you, you haven't talked with anyone in our sales team. You just go there and your credit card pay for it and start to use. So how can the growth team can help you to help you to get the most out, out of the pipe track, out of the platform in advance? So because we know, for example, there are a few uh, uh, marketing research, et cetera. So a few studies mentioning like, for example, 21, between 20 to 25 of your, of your signups or, or of your new paying customers, you are going to lose them in the first month. And almost 80% or 75%, you are going to lose in three months, so in 90 days. So how can we build a better engagement flow, not just uh, in, in this 90 days, in this first 90 days, but also in our case, we have built like a, a, a engagement flow during 18 months. So 
because six months is like okay, one year is good, 18 months, 18 months is excellent. So uh, our goal is help our customers to get the most out of the platform during this 18 months in different levels, of course, because as I mentioned, we have a lot of different plans. So depending on the plan you are, depending on the number of seats you have, depending on the your, the problem that you want to solve, depending on your goal, depending in, on many things, on the and also the data that I already have inside PipeTrack, then we used to give you like a better engagement flow. Uh, and this is pretty much engagement. Talking about expansion, so here we are talking about proactive campaigns, an example focusing on MRR or ARR increase. So since we, we have the engagement flow designed and also we know, for example, how our customers are using the platform to run expansion campaigns, I need to know, for example, who is my target? Why my, my target is this one? What I'm going to offer to them? Because sometimes, Alex, for example, let's use you, uh, let's use you as an example again. So probably you are not looking to upgrade on that specific moment, but you are considering it. So how can I help you to achieve this goal and help you to expand? Uh, so increase the number of seats, increase uh, your, your plan. Also, pay for add-ons, pay for professional service, pay for implementation programs. So this is why this is what we focus when we talk about expansion. So of course we focus on MRR, ARR increase as I mentioned, but also is um, based on, on on product and customer behavior. So depending on on what our customers are doing, using, selling us then we drive expansion campaigns based on product customer behaviors. And escalations. Escalations, it's like a mix of both engagement and expansions. Why? Because depending on the case, we need to help our customers to engage with the product. So the idea here is reduce churn, as I mentioned. So again, drive MRR, as we, as we mentioned. Uh, so reduce churn and improve product adoption. So improve product product adoption, the engagement, drive MRR slash, let's say, ARR via expansion, and reduce churn and, and a combination of product adoption and drive MRR via escalations. Because sometimes, for example, our customers raise their hand and, hey, I need help. And what, what they need and why they are asking for help. Are we missing something? We are not clear, depending on the message that we want to, to tell to that customer. So escalation tell us a lot. So probably we need to do a better recording videos talking about that specific feature. Probably we need to align with the product managers. Hey, we are getting like lots of feedbacks regarding this. We need to align with customer success team. We need to align with support. So escalations, as I mentioned, tell us a lot. So uh, this is why I mentioned it's a mix of both. Because depending on the escalation, we, we need to help our customers to stick with the product. So focus on lifetime value, reducing churn, et cetera. Or we can also help them, hey, I, I got your problem. So I can help you. But I can help you only if you move to a higher plan because the problem you want to solve 
we have on that specific plan or paying for this add-on probably are going to solve your problem. So this is the idea and this is why we have built the tree strategy. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Patricia. That's uh, I think everyone will get a very thorough idea of that. And so just to advance it on a bit further, uh, how do you think uh, the three E's will help businesses drive MMR, reduce churn rates, and improve product adoption? All right. So as you, I mean, talking more about product-led uh, uh, right now, so our focus should be to incorporate, I mean, first, real-time, in-app product customer behavior data to create, I mean, meaningful engagement across multiple channels and also device. Because when we are talking about sales, for example, probably sales team, they're using more, more their, their mobile apps than web apps. So, I mean, when we say, I mean, uh, or how I think like the three strategy, for example, will help businesses to drive MRR. So consider that you're, you are pretty much work together with customer success teams, marketing teams, product teams, and also uh, other uh, teams that manage other channels. So how can you optimize everything you have been doing based on, on customer behavior data? And based on this, turn this into real, real time in-app messaging, in-app products, uh, call to actions. So I would say like the key objects uh, of this type of plan are always two. One, learn and understand the business as quick as possible. So the key is accelerated learning. And this is one thing that we are going to talk about during my presentation on the future of SaaS Festival. The second one is perform an audit or assess, do the assessment of how things are performing today. So basically here, the outcome are some short-term or longer-term opportunities to improve by tribal level of usage. So again, I need to learn and understand what I, if my assumptions uh, are on the, how can I say, they are aligned with what is going on, then I need to, based on these assumptions, performing an, an audit, for example, how things are performing. So, okay, I expect this outcome, this is what happened, later on or happen something different. And based on this, take some actions. Uh, and again, uh, we are looking to drive MRR, ARR, but also drive lifetime value as well. And for me, this is pretty much important as well. And also it's, uh, 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 it's vital to take some examples and show how the new process or how doing uh, this are going to be more effective. So during the past like six, seven months, this is pretty much that I have been doing. So building examples and success cases on how the growth team inside, inside customer success can drive the three E strategy. So how we are doing and if, or if we promise what we we supposed to deliver, if it is what we are delivering today. So I see like the three E strategy right now, like helping us, for example, we got a case uh, last week, for example, a customer like sent an email to myself uh, to say thank you uh, from one person who works in my team 
because he was supposed to leave, etc. And now, I mean, Rodrigo, I never felt like more engaged, engaged or uh, with the products so far. So, and and look, this customer, for example, watch it videos, talked with support, etc. But depending on what the customer needs, for example, so every everything we imagine is product led. So, okay, the product will tell to the customer what they need to do. This is why I mentioned in the beginning, we got the, the best in class in product led, but of course we, we used to add like some touch points. So in this case, for example, this is a real case, a success case that we got like from an email. So from a customer who is really happy and also looking to stick and to engage with the platform. So this is like priceless for us. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for the insight. And we'll move on to the next question, uh, which is the, I think everyone would like to know a little bit more about the secret sauce. So we must mention that, uh, that is product-led growth. Uh, so can you explain for us why this is such a powerful secret ingredient? Yes, of course. Uh, I never forget when I started to study product-led growth, etc. I saw uh, when I was like listening one podcast and one, I don't remember exactly right now, sorry about that, but the guy mentioned uh, a phrase like this. When you think about product-led, you, you need to think, uh, or how can I say, you need to wear your customer shoes. And in that case, the customer, we want to try the damn product and see how it goes, if there's a fit with our market. So I will never forget this because then I uh, I got the idea, okay, maybe this is the secret sauce. So the customer, they want to try the damn products. How we can help them to try the damn products? So the secret sauce, I mean, unlike sales-like companies, where the goal is like to take the buyer from a point a point A to point B in a sales cycle, for example, product-led companies like they flip the traditional sales model uh, on its head. So basically, for example, uh, you are product-led. For example, companies. I saw one company, for example, as more as you use the products, you gain credits. For example, so if you use this, I'm gonna give you that. If you activate this feature, I'm going to give you that. If you integrate this platform inside our platform, or if you like doing app integration with this other platform, we will give you that. So basically, for example, uh, I mean, when we we mention like when when, you, when we see like product led companies uh, making this possible by giving the buyer the key to use the product and helping them experience a meaningful outcome while using our product. So again, as I mentioned, the case that we got like last week. So now I see the reason why I'm using this product. So this is for us is the sauce that we want to add in, a day, in our daily routine, which is the sauce that we can give to our customers to add in their food. So this is why I meant talking about secret sauce. So the secret sauce is not ours. The secret sauce is the secret sauce that we can give to our customers to add in their daily routine using the product. So, for example, at this point, upgrading to a, a, a paid plan or upgrading to a, a new plan or paying for a professional service or paying for an implementation program or whatever becomes no-brainer because 
I are, I am already enjoying this. I now I have the secret sauce in my daily routine, as I mentioned. So the secret ingredient or the secret sauce is to allow the customer to try the damn products and engage them as in, as fast as we, as you can. So this is the secret sauce for us. And fantastic. And so let's turn to the three E's strategy. Uh, can you describe for our listeners the best way to go about using this three E's strategy for their product? And what sort of results can they expect? Yeah, so I mean, I would say first, uh, uh, when I when I started the the, the growth team inside because inside customer success, etc., I I have built uh, I have started like a, a night and days plan. So first, I would say the best way to go about using the three E strategy, for example, for the audience who are listening to us right now. So one is first, observe and understand the business and the people. So here you can expect to accelerate the learning process to make effective contributions faster via product-led growth. So basically here I spend like 30, 45 days like talking to product managers, talking to customer success team, talking to high value customers, talk to not that not that much high value customers, so one seater, two seater, so what they expect from us. Uh, and, and also I talked with like people from many segments. So from tech startups to law offices who use our platforms, I don't, you can imagine, you can tell. So basically I spend like, 40 days, 45 days doing this. Then I started to I started to work with, with our uh, business analysts to analyze all the information because we do have a research team. So I worked pretty much close with the research team, with our uh, with our our business analysts as well as I mentioned. So to analyze all the information and build a plan. So here, what you can expect is to identify opportunities for short-term improvement to develop a more detailed strategy. So, okay, based on everything that I heard, we analyze the data. This is what we are going to do. And then we executed the plan and now we are measuring the results. So we are expecting to find what we are and, and are not looking for. So based on what we have uh, on our beliefs, and also things that we have designed since the beginning, sometimes in the near future, you are going to face like totally different problems, issues, challenges, etc. So this is why I have done this. And I mean, to be or to build a successful strategy, I mean, see, uh, this, as I mentioned, looks pretty much standard, but it's, it's hard to sell this to the company, you know? Because sometimes when you join a new team, et cetera, you need to deliver results like this, like in a week, in a month. So I, of course, we have goals, we have KPIs that we measure. Uh, this is important for sure. But I do not lose the focus on this because I believe on this. I believe like the product-led methodology and mindset will give us, will save us time in the future. So it's better to spend like 90 days, 100 days, 120 days, like 
doing this, so observing and understanding, analyzing and forming a plan, and then executing this plan. Uh, after you have done this, uh, uh, how can I say, like uh, uh, immersion in this process, and after that, so execute this plan. So this is uh, a way to describe, I mean, to the audience, the best way to go about use the three strategies. And of course, I mean, after that, for example, uh, when in the beginning, as I mentioned, we changed it a bit, of course. So the engagement, escalations, and expansion. So we changed a bit, for sure. Because, I mean, right now, if you take a look, for example, so basically, uh, there is a methodology to do this. So uh, listen the fastest growing customers, uh, develop, for example, high-end features to satisfy, to satisfy this customer, or if you don't have this, for example, what you can deliver to them, uh, use high-end features to attract, for example, new large customers. So there's a few things that you have to do, but it's pretty much this that we have done. Okay, and so moving on slightly to a big topic in the industry, which is churn rates, uh, which is something everyone's always talking about. So obviously... Churn rates are a major talking point in the world of SaaS. Uh, what would you say are the key steps to take uh, for a healthy churn rate? Okay. Uh, I, I, <clears throat> I love this question because, of course, uh, as I mentioned before, one of our goals is to drive MRR, ARR, etc. But I, I pretty much believe lifetime value tells us a lot. And also, there's a there's a like a if you if the audience wants to uh, uh, find this out of and I can share with you also, Alex. There's a, a, a an article from Mark Roberge uh, that uh, he mentions about the science of scaling. And in this article, uh, I use I wrote this article like five times already. <laughs> because sometimes I, I forget something, so I used to go there, and it's like my playbook, let's say that. So the way that, that I'm seeing right now, so uh, sometimes we, we want to scale faster than science, science uh, use, using the science. Why I'm telling this? Because great business uh, with noble missions as we have, as I mentioned in the beginning, so uh, pipe drive was built like for uh, by salespeople for salespeople. Sometimes, like you can have like a noble mission, but you fail because of inadequate answers to the following two critical questions: one, when to scale; two, how fast. And okay, we are talking about churn here, but why I'm talking about scaling? Because it's there is a 100% relation with this. So as entrepreneurs, for example, business SaaS, business leaders, et cetera. So uh, we have much to gain from a more scientific data-driven approach to these two questions. So we, I believe that, for example, if you have like a, a, a how can I say, like a pretty much mindset or a pretty much uh, a, uh, how can I say, hard approach, we want to lock a higher success rate of, for example, Series A, Series B, Series C funded startups. So I 
on the on the article, for example, that Mark mentioned on his article, for example, he found like five issues, the most common uh, diagnosis, for example, for missed revenue targets. Uh, and I will mention here. So one, for example, premature focus on top line revenue generation uh, instead of consistent customer value creation. So this is one of the reasons for churn. And this is one thing that product can help a lot. Because, for example, we focus on acquisition, 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 grow, 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 grow. But you forget to deliver like customer value creation. You forget to create this value creation. So product led can help you pretty much on this because, of course, you can scale fast, but also deliver like value creation faster as well. So you don't need to lose the focus on this. And this is one of the reasons for churn as well, because you can grow, so you can acquire like 300 new paying customers per, per month, 1,000, 2,000, but you are losing like the same the same percentage. So you are acquiring like, you are growing like 40, 50, 100% per month, but at the same time, you are losing the same number of customers at the same time. So this is like, you sh we should concern about this. Second is inadequate, uh, non-data-driven definition of product market, market fit. And also, this also contributes for churn reasons. The third reason is misunderstanding of go-to-market capabilities uh, before hiring, hiring salespeople or internal teams. So product marketing managers, product managers, customer success, etc. So you focus to sell, not to deliver like value, as I mentioned, value, create the value to the customer who are, who are using the platform. Uh, and of course, for example, uh, the fourth one is um, uh, from to loading sales hire. So he mentioned this since the beginning, uh, rather than pacing through the year. So you need to keep the pace. So because you can grow like 100% each month, but you are not keeping the pace or you are you will not be able to keep the pace. The pace. Then what is going to happen? You are going to lose customers a lot because you are not able to deliver what they expect. And the fifth one is confusing temporary competitive advantage with sustainable competitive advantage. And this is amazing for me. This is the most important one because you are delivering like temporary results or you are delivering temporary competitive advantage, but in six months, one year, you will not be able to deliver like sustainable competitive advantage. This is one thing that product led can also contribute. And this is one thing also that will help you to, uh, how can I say, uh, um, manage your churn. So if you are delivering like sustainable competitive advantage, as I mentioned, probably the customer, they believe you, they believe you are, that you are be able to deliver like fe features faster or uh, you are going to have like, uh, how can I say, uh, deliver like, or work with them in a way they stick with your product and it help you to, to also uh, uh, build a better features, a better platform for the ones who believe the UCC in the beginning. So uh, for this week, for this reason, I mean, the best in class startups use our SaaS products and not just SaaS, so integration platform as a service, so IPaaS, SaaS, uh, any other as a service business. So 
they use the leading indicator of customer retention to quantify product market fit. So some entrepreneurs, for example, refer to the leading indicator as the aha moment. So if the leading indicator is object rather than subject and truly correlates with long-term retention. So then this is why we mentioned data-driven, time-sensitive approach to understand a product market fit. So if you were seeing like, because one thing is acquire, acquire customers. So, okay, I am growing, growing fast, I'm acquiring customers, but they are using your products. They, are, they have been adding users to the platform. I mean, in a, in a business like Pipetrive, so for example, so Alex joined Pipetrive. Alex has joined when? How uh, or how much Alex used the platform? 40%, 50%, 6%. So there is still a percentage to grow. So why Alex not using the full potential of the products? And for me, the, the aha moment help us a lot to drive the churn. So answering your question, so giving the our customers the, oh, I didn't know they have this feature, or oh, I didn't know I can do this integration, or oh, oh, I, I didn't know that I can, I don't know, uh, invite others to see what I'm doing, I don't know, whatever you can imagine. So deliver this moment to the customer is priceless again, as I mentioned. So this is one thing that I, that I would say like, uh, the key steps to to have like a health business or a health churn rate. So cons- be more concerned about product market fit, those aha moments than just acquiring customers like, uh, how can I say, in a row. Of course, acquiring customers is important, but again, not uh, in a scientific way. So this is the, the I would say for this. So for any SaaS businesses, business owners listening to this with a high churn rate, uh, what advice would you provide them? Is there a quick fix to bring the rate down? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> there is not a, a single leading indicator of customer retention definition, I mean, applicable to all company contexts, etc. But for example, I can give some examples that I that I found, for example, that I that I study, for example, Slack, Dropbox, and even Pipedrive, for example, Slack. So 70% of customers send 2,000 messages or team messages in the first 30 days. So this is one, uh, for example, uh, one indicator, for example, uh, uh, that, for example, um, you can you can can help you to measure, for example, okay, if my customer with this size, this number of seats, if they are not doing this, probably they are going to share. So what I can do in advance, uh, how can I engage them? So this is why engagement, again, Dropbox, for example, 80%, 85% of customers, for example, upload one file in one folder on one device within an hour. This is another example. For Pipedrive, for example, 80% of our customers use five features out out of the 25 features in the platform within 60 days. So, or depending on the plan. So essential customers, if they do this, for example, we I am helping them to stick with the products. But if they are not doing this, probably they are going to churn or probably they are not using because they don't need. But I need to know they don't need it or they are not using because they don't know it exists. So 
this is some indicators, for example, that I would mention. I mean, uh, in our case, uh, depending on the plan, the plan the customer are, for example, and also you know, on our side, Alex, we we organize, for example, uh, how can I, also between plans, um, we do have, uh, for example, what we call power users, core users, passive users. So, for example, power users, for example, they use up the products at a, at a very high frequency, for example, and, uh, and they use a lot. Core users, for example, they use the products at a normal frequency and not that much, but they use uh, the products. Passive users, they do not use core features as much as, as the core users. So in our case, for example, we have the percentage, for example, of that specific feature that the customer needs to use on that specific plan. And on that specific plan, we split it like in three distinct like type of users. So how they are using. So they are power users, core users, passive users. And what which kind of message I need to deliver for that specific customer. When, how, in which app, it, as in-app message, the email, uh, mobile in-app message. So where is my customer? How they are using my products? Which is the best channel? So right now, Alex, I mean, in, I, I started like in 2019, I saw like a, a huge growth in personalization metrics. So for example, Alex, who works for Future of SaaS, just an example, uh, you expect to achieve one thing using Pipedrive. So, and which channel you want to discuss with us about the better way to use the products. So it's not general anymore. So you are expecting to receive a specific message, personalized message in that specific channel that you want to receive that specific message. So this for us is important. So. Again, based on the plan that you that you use, based on the type of user that you are, power, core, or passive, and also based on personalization, where I need to deliver the message to you, in which channel, in which moment, again. So this is one thing that I, I would say that will help a lot, I mean, to quick fix uh, uh, um, some issues and also uh, bring the, the, the churn rate down. Excellent, thank you. And so finally, on the topic of your three E's, um, what would you say are the key takeaways from your discussion points and the main points our listeners should act upon? Okay, okay. So I have some beliefs on my side uh, that I would like to share to the audience. So I, I have seven uh, topics that I want to cover here. So finally, I mean, on the three EE strategies. So one is know where is know where is your customer's pain. So again, here at Pipetrive, we have four plans. We have different types of segments of users. Many things that are different. They are expecting like personalized message, etc. So one again, I need to know where is the is my customer's pain. So and. Uh, the second one is deliver the best medicine into those pens. So uh, I use you as example, Alex. So uh, which, is, uh, which one is your pain using our platform? 
and I need to deliver the best medicine to those parents. How? Again, how? When? Uh, where? Which channel? Etc. The third one is I need to be sure that my product can really solve the specific pain that you are feeling. So, and how I'm going to do this? I need to engage with you. I need to to help you. I need to chat with you. I need to listen from you. I need to, I, I need to do research. I need to do some data-driven analysis, etc. Uh, fourth, uh, I need to educate my markets. So I need to tell them what, how, why you, uh, what I do, and why you probably need me. So this is one thing also. So. Uh, educate the market is important. So again, I'm not here just to drive MRR and ARR or reduce churn. The growth team exists to help our customers to stick with the product. How? Doesn't matter. Of course, it matters, but we are going to find out later. So helping them to not churning, helping them to adding users, helping them to upgrade their plan, helping them whatever they need. But first, I need to educate them. I need to help them to stick with my product. The fifth one is focus on growth with both eyes on the lifetime value. <laughs> again, as I mentioned. So, uh, of course, again, we want them to upgrade. We want our customers to buy seats. We want our customers to pay for add-ons, whatever. But our focus is to help our customers to stick with our product. Sixth is... I mean, we need to be less dependent on manual process. We need, but we need to invest in personal touches. So this is why I mentioned the mix of product-led with like a, a personal touch. So uh, when when we say like marketing-led growth uh, uh, or sales-led growth, it wasn't the best. But now I need to be less dependent on the manual process. So I need to help you, I mean, via video, in a passage, whatever you can imagine. So be more product-led focus. But if you raise your hand, I will invest more and more time on personal touches. And the last one is, and for me, this is important. So we need to be the authority on what you do. So take time to make this happen. So you need to start now. So for example, I started to study product-led for one year and a half, so or more than one year and a half, uh, but take time to be the authority. So one year later, I talked to my boss to solve a problem and to build a new team, et cetera. So take time. So I am almost like two years working with product-led, studying, reading, implementing everything that, I, that I've seen, like product-led companies. So, ah, maybe this is interesting. So I am, I, 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 I lose the count on how many SaaS platforms I have tried, looking to the best-in-class product-led practice to apply this in our products. So this is one thing that I would say as well. So again, be the authority on what you do. This is important. Okay, so thank you very much on that, on your topic. And we've got a bit of a shift now in focus to the SaaS industry as a whole. Um, what, so what sort of challenges do you think SaaS businesses face in 2021, especially now we factor in the coronavirus pandemic? Okay. Uh, 
as a, I mean, we were discussing before, so I can't say this is my predictions because <laughs> I am always studying, reading uh, about SaaS in general and other as a services uh, kind of business. Um, you can name it, as I mentioned, but I have some, let's say, uh, let's not say preference or predictions, but that I bet for 2021. So the first one is, Analytics is taking the stage more than ever. So as not sure if you have seen, but Twilio, for example, acquired a company, uh, a data company. One of our competitors also acquired like uh, 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 one analytics com company as well. So I mean, so working with artificial intelligence as an example is almost mandatory right now. So to start to build some predictions, to deliver the personal the, the personalization that the customers expects. So this is important, and this is one thing that I, I have seen. So the thing is, AI analytics is not just for business decisions, it's also to focus on your customer. So we need to take both things in mind. So and also predictions to build a better features for our customers, to deliver to them studies related to that to their markets as well, they uh, and also deliver like specific content for them. So again, it's not for the business decision, so how you are going to grow, et cetera, how your business are doing, but also to deliver what your customer expects from you. The second one, uh, Alex, I, I in 2019, I was talking to a friend and I see like this growing a lot in 2020 and also 2021. I think like we will grow really fast is tax tax. So uh, to power operations and to get uh, the job done. Something like white labeling in software as a service. So as an example, uh, imagine this. Ah, I use Pipedrive, I use Intercom, and I use, I don't know, Twin, for example. So, uh, or I use some platform for Apollo, for example, for be a lead qualification or for, to find my ideal customer profiling, then based on this uh, uh, ICP, I bring those leads to Pipedrive, I manage them, and also I do like, uh, I manage like all my supporting like via intercom. So I am seeing like for 2021, like say text, text, like uh, you click, you add your credit card in only one platform, for for an example, and you are going to have this stack already set. So I bet on this as well. Uh, I, as I mentioned, I saw this this year, and I'm seeing like much more in 2021. So companies and SaaS business models like de delivering like the sales stacks, not just sales, but I mean tech stacks, as I mentioned. Uh, the third one is automations. Uh, in-app connections and also integration. So, I mean, uh, building add-ons, migration to, I mean, uh, how can I say, platforms as a services. And it, it's a way to unbundle, uh, uh, or it's the, how can I say, uh, unbundling SaaS. So you are going to get like, uh, for example, imagine this, you have like a SaaS platform, or many of other SaaS platforms, so many softwares. So the idea is, for example, we are going to start to buy some pieces from these products and build your own. 
So it's the opposite of tech stack. So the tech stack, you deliver the stack like ready for the for that specific company to use. But on the other hand, you are going to have like people or uh, platforms as a services or features as a services, and you are going to be able to integrate all these features. And also, um, small SaaS companies. So with a mobile-first approach. So for imagine this. So I am seeing like a, if you have a qualification platform, for example, so uh, then you define, for example, just an example, uh, one, again, uh, one, one platform that helps you to qualify and get leads faster, okay? So this platform, probably they are going to help you to identify who is your ideal customer profiling on that on the platform. So they're going to help you to identify your ICP and based on this, use their platform to do this. But with a mobile first approach and also, uh, how can I say, delivering or improving the customer experience and, and delivering professional service. So you deliver the product first for uh, that specific like small and medium business and then uh, uh, you deliver like professional service and or customization. So uh, not in the first hand, but later on. Uh, so these are my, how can I say, not my predictions, but a few things that I'm seeing for the future. And brilliant. And so advancing on that a little further, uh, for SaaS, SaaS startups tuning in, uh, what advice would you offer SaaS professionals just to get a, a run into 2021? 20, Okay, uh, I've been, I, again, uh, looking a lot uh, for these, etc. So I would say uh, the first thing is like, find your product market fit. And the second one, go to, go to market fit, as we say. So let me explain. So basically, use the, this uh, first two phase to learn. So for example, when we, when we are talking about product market fit, we are talking about customer retention, early adoptions, win at all costs. Uh, you need to hire product managers and account executives. Uh, you need to, how, how you are going to generate leads. So via your personal network and referrals, how you are going to structure your pricing. So, uh, First, you need to solve, uh, how can I say, uh, your customer or bring some commi commitment for customers so, and figure it out later. So imagine this, find some people like who are looking to pay for what do you expect to deliver and the compensation, you mean like you need to focus on customer retention at all costs in that phase. And second, Go to market features, we say. So the goal of this phase is like scale, scaling like unity economics because sometimes we focus on this since the day one, but I would say focus first on customer retention. After that, focus on scale, scaling your unity economics. Uh, so also, for example, then you are going to be, to be ready to scale. Instead of hiring like more salespeople, for example, we start to build a process here and focus more on product-led. Uh, 
And after that, for example, you are going to start like many customers, different segments, different pricing structures. So you need to, again, uh, you are going to be able to solve your unity economics. And after that, for example, uh, you are going to be able, so first we, our, we were based on customer retention, but now uh, we are customer retention plus unity economics. So we are going to be able to scale. So this is a, how can I say? So, uh, I mean, this is one of the, the advice that I would say. So first, fo focus on customer adoption, uh, focus into find early adopters, win at all costs, hire product managers, uh, invest in your personal network and referrals, solve your customers' uh, uh, pains, and again, uh, uh, make sure you have a, a good customer retention. Uh, so this is one thing that I would say for, for I mean, for startups that are turning in, so starting the, their process right now. Uh, this is one thing that I would say for them. Excellent. And for established SaaS businesses, what are your golden rules for continuing success? Uh, I would say I have like five tips here, Alex, for them. So again, one, listen to fastest growing customers. So invest in research, invest in business analysis. So analyze the data, how they are using the products. Uh, I mean, if they are adding users, if they are sticking with the products, if they are, I don't know, as we discussed it. So if 80% of your customers are using that specific feature in that specific a week, month, three month, quarter, whatever. So make sure they are growing and listen then. The second one is develop high-end features to satisfy, to satisfy those customers because they are going to become more demanding. So you need to be uh, more close with them. The third one, use those customers to attract new large customers. So use them as a use case. So uh, teach, uh, not, not teach, but show to the market that you learn from them and that you love to learn, that you love those challenges and that you are working on this and that you are delivering what they, they expect. So this is important. The fourth one is you, then I would say, I mean, for growing business and SaaS, I mean, more structured or uh, customers, uh, uh, SaaS business that are already in place, let's say. The fourth one is, if it's possible, cross-sell feature to small, smaller customers. So it starts also to uh, do some cr cross, not just uh, upselling, but also cross-selling. So it starts to offer professional services if you could. Uh, it starts to offer add-ons, etc. So there is a case from Shopify, Alex, not sure if you have seen or even the audience, but for example, Shopify made a few years ago almost $1 billion when they bet, for example, in integration. So how they made like their customers like much easier, much easier with a pretty much product-led mindset and it was like a totally new area, and they bet on how they can make uh, integrations easier to their customers, to their audience. So this is amazing. So imagine like you, 
uh, you you were not counting to make like eight hundred million dollars in one year, like with integrations. So I would say invest on this, and they have done this. So they have done cross-selling features to his, to to his smaller customers. So and they have done pretty well. And the fifth one is you have to attract like new small customers with uh, stronger brands and through broad suit. So find customers who has a, a good fit and, and they are using the products. And I mean, they are passionate about their products, use them as a use case, find new customers, etc. So, I mean, this is important. And uh, again, the, the last one that I would say, and I mentioned this before is focus on personalization. I think this is key for now, Alex, I would say. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And so at the end of the podcast now, apart from one final question. Uh, so we are the future of SaaS. Where do you see the industry heading in the future? It's not just 2021, but further many years ahead in terms of market growth and innovation. Uh, okay. So as an as I mentioned, I mean, I am passionate about product-led, so I bet in product-led growth, especially for SaaS, for sure. Uh, looking to all the predictions above, looking to everything we discussed, so I truly believe so that you helping your customers to stick with your products with that specific secret sauce is amazing. So when you see this happening uh, every day, so it's like a, a, a gasoline for your uh, uh, to believe on what you are doing. So and also, I mean, uh, um, uh, I see like I feel uh, uh, how can I say uh, um, three or four top top markets, for example, uh, that are growing very fast. Uh, uh, I would say like healthcare and wellness, so beauty, beauty services, so beauty as a service, this kind of stuff. So I see like a huge potential on this. On this, and I am, I am, as I mentioned, I am angel investor. I have three startups that I invest. Two of them are on the healthcare business, so it's pretty much B two C. All my career, all my career have been on the B two B, but I became passionate about because I mean. It's a combination of as a service, but for beauty. So we are bringing all the SaaS metrics, all the SaaS expertise to the industry. So this has been an amazing journey so far. I see like agribusiness, agriculture. I mean, and also I include on in this market like cannabis, cannabis, etc. So I mean, in US, only in US, it's a $30 billion market now in 2020. Actually, I saw this in 2019 in South by Southwest in Austin. So I saw like it was like a $30 billion already last year. So I can imagine right now. And also finance. So pay as a service platform, this kind of stuff. So I mean, white label integration platform, white label payment provider. So and one thing that I truly believe, uh, um, I mean, Alex, it's every platform, every SaaS platform are going to have their own uh, checkout in a near future. This is one thing that I bet for sure. Because imagine this, if you get like 3% of every chart that you do in your platform, taking consideration like 
billion dollar business, million dollar business, getting like 2%, 3%, like a slice, a, a, a small piece of that specific transactions. So why I why I need some acquiring to do this for myself? So I will do like my own white label payments or cash, uh, how can I say, like a, a, a checkout, for example, my own checkouts. And then I'm gonna keep some money also to reinvest in my business. So keep that in mind. <laughs> I bet on this and also, uh, integration platform as a service. So, I mean, uh, do the pandemic, etc. So we saw like the this kind of the how can I say the most the most uh, one of the most uh, how can I say discussed subjects in um, in the in 2010 was uh, digital transformation. How I can make my company more digital, etc. Digital transformation, digital innovation, etc. And I see like integration platform as a service, like uh, helping uh, some companies to scale and scale scale faster. So I bet on on iPads as well for the future, for sure. Okay. Excellent. Some brilliant predictions there. If any of those come true, I think you've got a real uh, you can show off about those quite a lot. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, for sure. And Alex, I mean, I'm so happy I mean, to having this chat with you. I I love the subject. I love SaaS. So I mean, I can say I'm an enthusiast. <laughs> really? And uh, also, Rodrigo, we can look forward to your talk uh, for Future of SaaS Festival, which is on the second uh, of December. Is that correct? Second of December. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, so we'll put a link into that for uh, this piece uh, when we post this live, um, and you can still buy your tickets at the moment. So, uh, well, so thank you very much, Rodrigo. It's been a pleasure having you on uh, Southcast, and uh, yes, thank you very much. Thank you, Alex, for the invitation again. It has been a pleasure. Hope to see the audience also in my presentation in the future of SaaS uh, 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 events pretty soon, second of December. Don't forget, and whatever you need, guys. I mean. Alex, uh, my name is, uh, uh, you You guys can connect me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, on the Future of SaaS website, you guys are going to be able to connect with me uh, on LinkedIn as well. So just let me know. It's a pleasure to help. As I mentioned, I'm an enthusiast. I love to exchange ideas, learning. So you can count on me. Alex, thanks again. It was a pleasure.